Hello, uh, good evening, and welcome to Project Poseidon's Channel Aquarius, the show that aims to bring some sense of grounded rationality to so-called fringe topics. I'm your host, Dave the Dude, coming to you from Ottawa, Canada. It's late. My coffee's half empty, and the mood is pretty mellow, despite the uh, shitstorm taking place on my Facebook feed. Uh, it's good to have you with me. We're a uh, few days out, as I record this, from the terrorist attacks in Paris, and I think the less said about them, the better. Um, but I, I would like to just point out that uh, 700 and 58 people uh, die daily in violent car accidents in China, and nobody seems too bothered about it. Why is that? Is it fair of me to make it a numbers game? Well, perhaps, perhaps not. There's nothing particularly fair about any of this, is there? Three things are certain in the coming weeks and months, and possibly in the coming years. More bombs dropped. More turnip-headed xenophobes waving their dicks around. And more shitty police state measures. And all the while, climate change looms as an actual threat to humanity. Tick-tock goes the clock. The fate of the world is very much on my mind, but I'm going to sidestep it for now to talk about something a little more fringe, uh, though this might still relate in a roundabout way. Today's topic is a highly taboo one in most polite company. Today I'm going to talk about UFOs. That I can do so without embarrassment is no small feat for me. Uh, for the longest time, I was of the opinion that all right-thinking people understood that UFOs were tabloid rubbish, the stuff of overactive imaginations, stories told by attention seekers, or people of poor judgment unable to distinguish fact from fantasy. I learned to lump the subject matter of UFOs in with that of Atlantis, conspiracy theories, uh, Curlian photography, and other such rubbish 
that right-thinking people should pay no attention to. It was only after coming to understand uh, that the orthodox narratives subscribed to by most right-thinking people are in fact complete horseshit that I decided to revisit the topic and try to take a look at it with fresh eyes. Uh, to be honest with you, what I found made my jaw drop. Less because I find the subject matter of UFOs to be incredible, uh, and more because the scale of the deception that we right-thinking folks have perpetrated on ourselves appears to be so unthinkably large. What do we mean when we talk about UFOs anyways? What does that word evoke? Uh, I think it's an important point to make out of the gate that a UFO doesn't necessarily equate with an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Um, an unidentified flying object is just that, something in the air that isn't identified. So if a banana gets chucked over your head at night and you don't get a good look at it, that banana is by definition a UFO. So when people ask you, do you believe in UFOs? Uh, the correct answer is always uh, yes, of course. Uh, do you believe UFOs are alien spacecraft? Well, that is something a, a little more nuanced, I think. Uh, I'm not going to assert that aliens are real and visiting us here on Earth. Um, don't have enough information to make that determination. Uh, but I, I will opine that there's more to the UFO phenomenon than most of us have been led to believe. Let's give the first word on the matter to the renowned physicist Michio Kaku. UFO believers, listen up. You may well be vindicated. We are back with an out-of-this-world town square and a new book out later this week. Government officials, pilots, and scientists going on the record about their own close encounters. Uh, Michio Kaku, professor of physics at CUNY University and host of Sci-Fi Science on the Science Channel, got to read the book early, and he joins us with a review. Quite simply, Professor, do unidentified flying objects without question exist? 95% of all UFO sightings can be immediately identified as the planet Venus, weather balloons, weather anomalies, swamp gas, you name it, we got it nailed. It's the 5% that give you the willies. 5% remain totally unexplained. And uh, you're saying to 5% unexplained to the point where they are legitimately an unidentified flying object. And we're talking about generals. We're talking about Air Force pilots. We're talking about governors of states that claim that, hey, this is beyond our understanding of the laws of physics. Can I have an unidentified flying object that is not necessarily from some other place? It's possible, but we've looked at all the alternatives. Uh, these are multiple sightings by multiple modes. In other words, pilots, eyewitnesses, radar, visual sightings. These are very hard to dismiss, the, the handful of sightings. 
one over Alaska, another over Belgium, another over Iran. The handful of things that still cannot be explained defy known laws of physics. So then, by that definition, does this confirm the existence of life on other planets, in your opinion? I wouldn't go that far. We need alien DNA or an alien chip. That would nail it to the wall right there. We don't have that. We don't have the smoking gun. But this book is as close as you're going to get to the smoking gun. We're talking about senior military officials who were involved in the investigations of these incidents saying we are clueless. If you were to look at those who argue, well, hang on, there's no way that they could get here from some other planet, that, they, that, that the technology doesn't exist, the stars are too far away, you rebut that sort of thinking with what? We, those people assume that there may be 100 years ahead of us, in which case it's impossible for them to reach us. But if they're a thousand, a million years ahead of us, then new laws of physics begin to open up. So we have to open our mind to the possibility that they're not just a super version of us that they could be thousands, millions of years more advanced. Why would they not then pay us a visit in a way that is more recognizable? Go visit the White House, maybe stop out to Yellowstone. My point of view is if you're walking on a country road in St. Ant Hill, you go down to the ants and say, I bring you trinkets, I bring you bees, I give you nuclear energy, or perhaps maybe you step on a few of them. If they're that advanced, maybe they simply are not that interested in us. All right. Listen, Professor, it is an absolute pleasure. Um, if we have any strange sightings, at least now I know who to call. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> do you before I let you go, do you teach on this subject at, at, at the university? On uh, UFOs I mentioned it when I teach astronomy, also in sci-fi science. We have a whole episode about what kinds of physics could open up in the next thousand, next million they years. They could let us travel a few million miles at a time. New kinds of physics on the Science Channel. Very cool. Listen, uh, a pleasure. Yes, so, um, once again, uh, according to Michio Kaku, 95% of UFO sightings are explainable as swamp gas, the planet Venus, airplanes, or what have you. The other 5% of sightings are troublesomely baffling. There are objects flying around up there that show up on radar and thus are quite physically tangible, making abrupt accelerations in defiance of the laws of physics as we understand them. This is a fact. This is real. We have radar tapes. You can't hide from this. You just have to deal with it. There's something going on. Uh, senior military officials and Air Force pilots alike have gone on the record to talk about encounters they've witnessed for which they have no explanation. Several former Apollo astronauts have come forward to affirm the reality of this phenomenon. Several of these documented sightings were mass sightings involving hundreds or thousands of witnesses. Um, for example, on March 13, 1997, in Phoenix, several thousand people, including the governor of the state, reportedly witnessed what they described as an immense V-shaped object outlined by seven lights. Police departments in Phoenix, Temp, uh, Glendale, and other Arizona cities were jammed with calls from residents. The military uh, later claimed 
that National Guard pilots had released diversionary flares while on a training run. Um, which is a bit like calling swamp gas, in my humble opinion. Uh, and I've noticed with some amusement that so-called skeptical people seem rather credulous when it comes to their willingness to swallow such explanations. Uh, but I, I digress. Um, you could also look up uh, July 14th, 2001 UFO on the New Jersey Turnpike, uh, the January 8th, 2008 Stevensville Lights, uh, the December 9th, 1965 Kecksburg Incident, K-E-C-K-S-B-U-R-G, um, and so forth. Uh, records of these accounts are readily available to anyone with the inclination to seek them out. These computers that bring the world to our desktop or to the palms of our hands are throwing back the curtain for anyone with the courage to push a button and take a hard look at the data. The truth isn't really out there, it's hiding right in plain sight. Um, just for example, look up uh, Project Blue Book on Wikipedia. It was one of a series of studies of UFOs conducted by the USAF back in 1952. Uh, its goals were to analyze UFO-related data scientifically and to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security. It ran until 1968, uh, collecting and analyzing thousands of UFO reports. It was shut down when the Condon Committee produced a report saying that the UFO phenomenon was wholly unremarkable. <laughs> a uh, precursor to Project Blue Book, called Project Sign, had issued an intelligence estimate concluding that the flying saucers were real craft, were not made by either the Russians or U.S., and were likely extraterrestrial in origin. Uh, this estimate was forwarded to the Pentagon, but subsequently ordered destroyed, by a General Hoyt Vandenberg, USAF Chief of Staff, citing a lack of physical proof. Um, so, right there, uh, that tells you that the Air Force was taking this phenomenon seriously, at least for a while. It also tells you that even in intelligence circles, uh, the topic was a controversial one. What's underneath the controversy? Controversy. Um, what could it all mean? What's left when you put the pieces of all these reports together? Nobody seems able to agree. But several fairly prominent citizens have advanced theories that merit consideration, uh, if only because of the reputation of the people espousing them. Um, Let's begin with Gordon Cooper. Uh, Gordon Cooper was an American aerospace engineer, test pilot, United States Air Force pilot, and one of the seven original astronauts in Project Mercury, the first manned space program of the United States. Cooper piloted the longest and final Mercury space flight in 1963. He was the first American to sleep in space during that 34-hour mission, 
and was the last American to be launched alone to conduct an entirely solo orbital mission. In 1965, Cooper flew as command pilot of Gemini 5. In his post-NASA career, Cooper became known as an outspoken believer in UFOs and charged that the government was covering up its knowledge of extraterrestrial activity. Uh, In his testimony, he recounted how he had observed UFOs flying in the same formation as his fighter group over the skies of Germany. These UFOs made maneuvers that could not be done by conventional fighters. He felt they must have been under intelligent control to communicate with one another due to the type of maneuvers they were mimicking. Um, He said, These objects kept coming over, flying in the same kind of formation that we fly in our fighters while we were flying in Germany. We were flying F-86s. They would come over and do the same maneuvers that we made, except every once in a while one of them would go zip and make a maneuver that you can't do in a conventional fighter. Uh, I believe that these extraterrestrial vehicles and their crews are visiting this planet from other planets, which obviously are a little more technically advanced than we are here on Earth, he told a United, United Nations panel in 1985. Uh, He goes on, he says, I feel that we need to have a top-level coordinated program to scientifically collect and analyze data from all over the Earth concerning any type of encounter and to determine how best to interface with these visitors in a friendly fashion. He adds, For many years I have lived with a secret, in a secrecy imposed on all specialists and astronauts. I can now reveal that every day in the USA... Our radar instruments capture objects of form and composition unknown to us. Edgar Mitchell is an American former naval officer and aviator, uh, test pilot, aeronautical engineer, and NASA astronaut also. As the lunar module pilot of Apollo 14, he spent nine hours working on the uh, walking on the lunar surface in the Framoro Highlands region, making him the sixth person to walk on the moon. He claims aliens are real and walking among us. He claims to have known people involved in the cover-up of the famous Roswell, New Mexico crash, uh, having grown up near there. Let's roll a brief clip of him being interviewed on a local news channel. He walked on the moon. Tonight, he says, aliens are among us. Former astronaut Lake Worth resident Edgar Mitchell has raised some eyebrows and ruffled some feathers with his claims. Tonight, News Channel 5's Tim Malloy goes one-on-one with this true believer. With his beloved terrier in his lap and his comfortable Lake Worth home, he could be a retired insurance salesman. But take a look at Edgar Mitchell's wall, his photo gallery, that picture taken on the moon, February the 6th, 1971. What more can an explorer want than to be where humans have never been and to observe, gather your data, go back and tell the people? Ed Mitchell can captivate you talking about his 9-hour and 17-minute moonwalk. It was a record. But there's something else he'd like you to know. I don't know how many or where or how they're doing it, but uh, 
they've been observing us and here for quite some time, and we see these craft all the time. Ed Mitchell is a straight talker and a true believer that we are not alone. I believe what I'm saying, and I cite the evidence that I know. He says that the government he served in the military and as an astronaut is perpetuating cover-ups of alien sightings, going all the way back to the legendary 1947 Roswell incident, an alleged alien spacecraft crash where remains were allegedly recovered. The reason for the denial was, uh, number one, we didn't, they didn't know if these were hostile and could we uh, protect ourselves from them, didn't want the Soviets to know, so they devised to, to lie about it and cover it up. Mitchell is unbothered by critics who think the guy with the right stuff has taken a wrong turn. He has no doubt there are alien craft observing Earth right now, and many more out there looking for us. How many civilizations could there be, or do you believe there are out there? Billions. We've got billions of uh, billions and billions of stars in a galaxy and billions and billions of galaxies and it doesn't take uh, but, a, but a few planets around a few stars to have quite a few uh, civilizations. Dr. Mitchell is one of only 12 people who have walked on the moon. He says he has never personally seen an alien but believes the people who say they have. Um, let's see here. Paul Hellyer was Canada's Minister of Defense under Lester B. Pearson from 1963 to 1968. As Minister of Defense, he oversaw the uh, drastic and controversial integration and unification of the Royal Canadian Navy, Canadian Army, and the Royal Canadian Air Force into a single organization, the Canadian Forces. Under Pierre Trudeau, he served as transport minister and was senior minister in the cabinet, a position similar to the current position of deputy prime minister. Here's what he had to say. Uh, decades ago, visitors from other planets warned us about the direction we were heading and offered to help. Instead, some of us interpreted their visits as a threat and decided to shoot first and ask questions after. Trillions of dollars have been spent on black projects, which both Congress and the Commander-in-Chief have deliberately been kept in the dark about. In one of the cases during the Cold War, 1961, there were about 50 UFOs in formation flying south from Russia across Europe. The Supreme Allied Commander was very concerned and was ready to press the panic button when they turned around and went back over the North Pole. They decided to do an investigation, and they investigated for three years, and they decided uh, that with absolute certainty uh, there were four different species, at least, that have been visiting this planet for thousands of years. There's been a lot more activity in the past two decades, especially since we invented the atomic bomb. Uh, that is quite a mouthful. Um, it should be noted here... Uh, that Hellyer does not claim to be speaking from the benefit of having had access to classified materials during his time as Minister of Defense. Uh, rather, it would seem he took an interest in the topic as a hobby in retirement. Uh, so, make of it what you will. Uh, it's worth noting that someone of his stature would put his reputation on the line by speaking up the way he's doing but in all fairness, 
maybe retirement is turning out to be boring. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we should um, consider the case of Lord Admiral Hill Norton, a former Chief of Defence Staff in the UK, a five-star Admiral of the Royal Navy, uh, Chairman of the NATO Military Committee, he had some interesting things to say about the uh, so-called uh, Bentwaters incident, a series of radar and visual contacts with unidentified flying objects that took place over air bases in eastern England on the night of uh, uh, 13th to 14th of August 1956, involving both RAF and USAAF personnel. Uh, let's have a listen to him for a few minutes. It seems to me that the Bentwaters incident is a classic case where an apparent intrusion into our airspace and indeed a landing in our country was witnessed by serious-minded people in the military, responsible people doing a responsible job. And Bentwaters is, in a sense, a benchmark for how not to deal with these matters in the future. I know a good bit about the Bentwaters incident, and I've read uh, half a dozen books. I've interviewed a number of the people who took part in it. And what I have decided, after careful thought, and I have said it in public more than once before, there are only two explanations of what happened that night in Suffolk. The first is that what the people concerned, including Colonel Holt, who was at the time the deputy commander of the base, and a lot of his soldiers, or airmen, they claim that something from outside the Earth's atmosphere landed at their Air Force base. They went and uh, stood by it. They inspected it. They photographed it. The following day they took tests on the weather ground where it had been and found radioactive traces. They reported this. Colonel Holt wrote a memorandum which was sent to our Ministry of Defense. He has appeared on British television at least once, to my knowledge, possibly more often, in which he has repeated, effectively, what he said in that memorandum. And what he said is what I have just described. That is one explanation that it actually happened, as Colonel Holt reported. The other explanation is that it didn't. And in that case, one is bound to assume that Colonel Holt and all his men were hallucinating. My position is perfectly clear. Either of those explanations is of the utmost defense interest. It has been reported and claimed, and I myself have raised it with ministers at the defense ministry in this country, who deny that anything they have been informed is of defense interest. Surely, to any sensible person, either of those explanations must be cannot fail to be of defense interest, that the colonel of a, an American Air Force base in Suffolk and his merry men are hallucinating when there are nuclear-armed aircraft on the base, 
must be of defence interest. If indeed what he says took place did take place, and why on earth should he make it up, then surely the entry of a vehicle from outer space, certainly not man-made, to a defence base in this country also cannot fail to be of defence interest. And it simply isn't any good ministers, and the Ministry of Defence in particular, saying that nothing that took place that December night in Suffolk is of defence interest. It simply isn't true. Since my name has become connected with UFO matters in quite a big way in this country, and in one or two other countries too, I have frequently been asked why a person of my background, a former chief of the defence staff, a former chairman of the NATO military committee, why I think there is a cover-up, or what the reasons may be for governments wishing to cover up the facts about UFOs. And a number of explanations have often been put forward, of which the most frequent and perhaps the most plausible is that the governments concerned, which are primarily that of the United States and that of my own country, believe that if they told the truth, which is that there are objects in our atmosphere which are technically miles in advance of anything that we can deploy, that we have no means of stopping them coming here, and that we have no defense against them should they be hostile, that, I believe, is because governments fear that if they did disclose those facts, people would panic. People would rush about, jam the switchboard like they did on that famous day in New York when there was a spoof, Martians have landed. People will go mad and they'll jump up and down. I don't believe that at all. I've said so in print. I've said it in the foreword I wrote to one of Timothy Good's books. I do not believe that people today in the 21st century are going to panic at that sort of information. After all, they have put up with the introduction of nuclear weapons, the destruction of two Japanese cities 50 years ago. They put up, not put up with, it's the wrong word, they take as a matter of course that we can land vehicles on Mars. They land to the precise instant forecast years before vehicles on distant planets. Why should they panic? They're much more interested in, in this country in doing the pools or the lottery. They shrug their shoulders and take it as a matter of course. Anyway, they don't trust politicians, in my experience. So I believe that that is the most likely explanation. There are, of course, others, but I, I think I'll have to settle for that. What I'd like to say is that there is a serious possibility that we are being visited and have been visited for many years by people from outer space, from other civilizations, that it behoves us, in case some of these people in the future or now should turn hostile, to find out who they are, where they come from, and what they want. This should be the subject of rigorous scientific investigation and not the subject of rubbishing by tabloid newspapers. I think the astute observer will walk away from hearing this testimony uh, with the distinct impression that something is funny if an incident like uh, bent waters can be said to be of no defense interest either alien spacecraft are landing here 
or mass hallucinations are affecting the personnel of a missile base. Uh, the assertion being made that this is of no defense interest should raise eyebrows. Now don't shrug this off. Pay attention. Um, people's and government's response to the UFO issue is almost more important than the issue itself. Um, Next, I want to give a shout-out to Senator Barry Goldwater. He was the uh, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee in the United States, and he had this to say. He said, uh, This thing has gotten so highly classified, it is just impossible to get anything on it. I have no idea who controls the flow of need-to-know, because, frankly, I was told in such an emphatic way that it was none of my business, that I've never tried to make it uh, to be my business since. I have been interested in this subject for a long time, and I do know that whatever the Air Force has on the subject is going to remain highly classified. Uh, you know, there's so much more. This is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I just, I tried to dig up a few um, interesting examples of uh, high-profile people with interesting perspectives. Um, whether or not you're able to buy into the aliens thing, the fact remains that uh, UFOs are very real and not easily explainable. I mean, the phenomenon is is just, it's solid, okay? So, um, I maintain that the reason most of us remain obtusely ignorant of this phenomenon is uh, cognitive dissonance. Very firm beliefs about ourselves and our place in the order of things have been inculcated in us and seriously considering the reality of UFOs is just highly disorienting and disturbing for most people. Um, there's also a taboo associated with taking an interest in this topic. Most of us are not particularly eager to appear to friends and family like our cheese has slipped off our cracker. So even those of us who maybe do have an interest in the topic are prone to keep it quiet for the most part. Um, perhaps laziness plays a role in keeping this phenomenon off the radar, so to speak. Uh, maybe the average person just can't be bothered to think through the implications of this phenomenon being substantial. Um, I spoke with one self-professed skeptic uh, whose bottom line on the matter was that the possibility we are being visited by extraterrestrials was just too remote for him uh, to give the matter 
of UFOs any serious contemplation at all. Uh, I thought that assumption should be called into question. On what basis can it be decided that the possibility is remote or not? Our sample size of advanced civilizations is limited to just ourselves. So it is legitimate to pose questions such as, is life common in the universe or not? Do civilizations like ours bloom and die in isolation throughout the universe, or do they spread off-world? Are we latecomers to the civilization game, or part of the first wave of such entities? Are the skies empty or full of traffic? Are we close to a real understanding of the physics of our universe, or are there vistas yet to be explored that could make faster-than-light travel plausible? We could be a hatching egg in a nursery of potential spacefaring societies, for all we know. Following the Popperian method, it is entirely correct to be advancing theories and then doing our best to critique or falsify them. But we need a model that accounts for the data. Uh, the data shows that there are objects out there that defy explanation. We should be trying to explain them. And uh, if it did turn out that these things in our sky were alien spacecraft, well, our entire view of ourselves would have to change, wouldn't it? Our major religions would have to change. Uh, fundamentalist paradigms would be shattered. Our politics would have to uh, adapt or transform into exopolitics. Um, our scientists would have to admit there are aspects of physics of which we are completely ignorant. Uh, hell, figuring out how these things are being powered might solve our energy crisis. And given that Earth's masters are currently kneeling before the altar of the petrodollar, that might uh, give you some hint as to why the topic has been systematically sidelined into a joke. Uh, getting off the petrodollar, come on. That is revolutionary talk, isn't it? So... Uh, am I am I saying the government is in on it? Uh, I won't make an assertion one way or the other, but I have suspicions. Those who opine that the government is no good at keeping secrets are uh, kidding themselves, I think. Um, in discussing conspiracy theories in previous shows, my go-to example has been the Manhattan Project. Uh, where you had over 100,000 people involved in a conspiracy of sorts to keep a lid on what they were doing for six years. Uh, I would also refer you to the JFK assassination for an example of how easy it is to lie to the public and have the public go along with it, despite the story you tell being outrageous bullshit. Uh, it is just not that hard to keep secrets, honestly. Especially if you understand how cognitive dissonance works. You just condition people appropriately and the secrets keep themselves. 
one, you know, might <laughs> very well be of the opinion that this topic, the UFO topic, is either entirely bullshit or it's the topic of topics. The most important thing we could possibly be discussing and paying attention to. Now, it's clearly not entirely bullshit. Again, we have radar tapes. There's something going on up there. We don't know what. Not entirely bullshit. So, um, where does that leave us? Uh, and, and yet, nobody's really talking about this at all, except occasionally in guilty whispers, or on crackpot uh, uh, conspiracy boards on in the armpit of the internet. So, um, at the risk of repeating myself, uh, I will opine once again that the UFO phenomenon is almost less startling than the phenomenon of people's reaction to it. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe, once you get into this stuff, how obvious it is if you just look at the information that there's something funny going on uh, and still the topic remains intractable. Uh, the subject of ridicule by hard-headed sops who think of themselves as skeptics and rationalists and the subject of wild speculation by certifiable crackheads who want desperately to believe that Narnia is real. Uh, it is the ultimate hiding in plain sight issue especially in a day and age where the world can be brought to your desktop at the push of a button but it requires sharp discernment and rigorous intellectual agnosticism to avoid stepping into the piles of bullshit under which the gems of genuine discovery lay and uh, trust me when I say uh, I've had to scrape a lot of bullshit off my own shoes. Uh, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I just, when I make a mistake, I forgive myself because if uh, the news was doing its job, I wouldn't have to take matters into my own hands. Um, some very imaginative, imaginative people have taken the ball and run right off the field with it. Uh, David Icke is a popular fringe figure who wants you to take seriously the notion that the royal family is made up of shape-shifting, extra-dimensional lizard people. Um, other colorful individuals have convinced themselves that an entire federation of Pleiadians are here trying to raise the vibration of the planet by sending love rays at it. I can't make this up. Though I've got to hand it to whoever did. There is so much bat shittery built up around the topic that I have to admit some sympathy for the pseudo-skeptics who can't be bothered with it at all. You have to have a strong stomach above all to deal in this stuff. Uh, or maybe you just need an appetite for the unconventional. But, you know, perhaps if the topic were less taboo, people would be having intelligent and productive conversations about it in the open, 
instead of joining cults or getting locked inside their own imaginations. There is some hope that this topic will one day make its way out of the fringe no-man's land of the collective psyche to which it has seemingly been banished. Uh, take this, for instance, an article published on the website IFL Science is titled Unexplainable UFO Phenomena to be Scientifically Analyzed in New Project. It reads as follows. Uh, an international team is trying to create a systematic and rigorous approach to studying unexplained aerial phenomena, commonly known as UFOs. The nonprofit organization is called UFO Detection and Tracking, or UFO Data, and it seeks to construct a large network of surveillance stations to monitor the skies 24-7 using optical and infrared cameras, sound and ultrasound detectors, weather stations, Geiger counters, and magnetometers. We are going to use astrophysical methodology in order to carry out research on light anomalies appearing in our atmosphere, where we expect to obtain an optimum signal-to-noise ratio due to the predictably high luminosity of the phenomenon and its relative closeness to the observer. Uh, said astrophysicist Massimo Teodorani, a member of the UFO data science team, in a statement. Uh, in such a way, with precise numbers in our hands, we are in a condition to select very carefully truly anomalous cases uh, from cases that can be explained by prosaic causes. Aerial anomalies almost always have a very mundane explanation behind them, Planets, stars, meteors, weather balloons, planes, and atmospheric events are often responsible for what might appear mysterious at first. However, the team plan to focus on those events that are less easy to scientifically explain and show what they could be. A scientific approach of this type would provide a rational answer to various UFO phenomena, as well as potentially delivering a large amount of data regarding our atmosphere. It could also provide data on rare and unusual atmospheric episodes such as ball lightning. The last few years have seen a dramatic change in how UFOs are reported. The availability of smartphones and image manipulation software has seemingly increased the number of fake reports from fame seekers, with many videos purporting to show extraterrestrial phenomena easily dismissed as fabricated on closer inspection. Um, it has become clear that any breakthrough in our understanding of the UFO phenomenon will require a break from the past, added Mark Rodiger, uh, Rodiger, I don't know, Rodiger, leader of the project. Witness testimony, photos and videos, and government documents have taken us only so far. Instead, we need to record and study UFOs directly, as other sciences do with their own specific objects. Of course, this is a daunting task, but it is made conceivable by, by advances in technology, software, communication capabilities, and power sources. So that's the article. Um, I think it's significant 
that there are some astrophysicists getting serious about trying to collect data on what these things are. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, and I'll tell you why. Even if they uh, did get some good, hard data that challenges us to look at things in a new way, uh, they face a challenge, I uh, think, in getting the information out to the public. Uh, first of all, bonehead pseudo-skeptics whose opinions inevitably get conflated with scientific reasoning will blither in defense of the existing paradigm just like they do when confronted with uh, psi research. Cognitive dissonance will keep it down. Good old cognitive dissonance. Uh, and then, uh, for reasons already mentioned, there's the problem of governments and corporations whose interests might be threatened by any disclosure. Uh, just have to look at how well the climate change discussion has gone, despite the wealth of good science being done in support of the anthropogenic climate change model. Uh, I am convinced that the only rational conclusion one can really come to after looking into this material closely is that uh, reality is indeed disturbing and confusing. Some UFO researchers who uh, really sunk their teeth into this stuff have lost their minds or come away convinced that the universe is entirely a noumenal illusion and that there are 8th dimensional alien entities under the bed. It's almost like they are barnacles on the side of a whale trying to make out the shape of the whale and then the whale breaches and they get a first glimpse of the sky and try to relate it back to the rest of us. Um, I think the UFO phenomenon can tell us about ourselves we respond to it each according to our beliefs for the most part we try to make it fit with our religion or fit with our cosmology or fit with whatever other story we hold that's important to us uh, and maybe you know just maybe that's the challenge uh, the riddle if you will that's being posed to us can we hold our stories lightly enough that they don't get in the way when we come face to face with the unexplainable. Are our psyches strong enough to survive a challenge to our core belief systems? If there's a knock at the door, will we answer? If aliens uh, land on the lawn of the White House tomorrow, Will Psycops debunking squad be setting themselves on fire alongside religious fundamentalists and white robe cultists seeking to mind meld with an asteroid? These are all good questions, I think. Um, for tonight, I'm done, I think. My coffee's empty. Uh, I'm about ready for bed. Thanks for spending this time with me. Um, a shout out to uh, true skeptics in the Greek sense of the word 
you sworn enemies of dogmatism of all kinds. Uh, those of you who opine but never assert, who remain tentative and continue to inquire, uh, seeking, ever seeking for an elusive truth that can never be found. Remember to keep an open mind, but not so open that your brain falls on the floor. I will hope to see you all on the other side. Good night for now. Good night. That I will be the only one around when your hope falls down. But we're young, open flowers in the windy fields of this war torn world. And love, this city breathes the plague of loving things more than their creators. Take the burden of both me and you It was too fast Casting love on me as if it were a spell I could not break When it was a promise I could not make What if I was wrong? What if I was wrong? Oh, what if I was wrong? Hold on to what you believe In the light When the darkness has robbed you of all your sight And oh, hold on to what you believe In the light When the darkness has robbed you of all your sight Less and less to me without you breathing through its trees At every turn The water runs away from me and the halo disappears I'm not whole and you're not near So what if I was wrong? What if I was wrong? Oh, what if I was wrong? Hold on to what you believe In the light When the darkness has robbed you of all your sight And oh, hold on to what you believe 
in the light.